Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We have got a fabulous message all the way from Canada today. And this is such a cool topic that we thought this is easily a half hour show, this one. Jane and I can go on and on with this one. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, I'd love to hear your take on our relationship with space and our environment, how clutter affects us and our energies, how we can manipulate our spaces to set us up for awesomeness, and clutter clearing strategies to make sure our spaces are healing and nurturing. Beautiful. She's your girl, Jane. I'm a fan <laughs> of this. Fun try. Well, it's just interesting that this this came through this week because last week I coached a client, a uh, 53-year-old man who just, you know, he just wanted to have more in life. He really wanted to, he wanted to meet somebody beautiful and he was struggling and um, one of the, we went through many different processes, but one of the things that I realized was that when he was traveling overseas and he would go overseas by himself he did a trip to Europe and he did another trip to the US and he was engaging with people. He was telling me that his closest friends are the people that he met when he was traveling. Clearly said that he was operating from a whole different place when he was away. So what I realized was that he comes back here and he gets stuck into the old energy of the old guy he is, not the new guy that he was when he was traveling. So I decided to give him an exercise to mix it up where every single thing that he did had to be done differently, everything. It's called a pattern interrupt. It is. I actually explained pattern interrupt to him. We did a massive one. So it was if you get out of bed on one side of the bed, I want you to get out the other side of bed. (laughs) If you normally put your left slipper on, then your right. I want your right, then your left. If you normally take this road to go to the deli, take the other road. He had to buy a different brand of toothpaste unless there was a specific reason why he had that toothpaste. Um, Everything about his day had to be done differently. Everything on his desk had to be shifted. Everything in his house had to be shifted. That's exhausting. (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't all to be done overnight. But it was just to really give this guy a wake-up call because his energy, his body was so rigid, didn't blink, doesn't blink, which actually people that don't blink is an intensity. They've got a real intensity. Bex just opened her eyes really up, really wide now. She's going to try not to blink and see what it feels like. Oh, great. That's just fascinating, though. Yeah, now people who don't blink and their eyes are usually open a little bit wider than they would normally naturally be if they were softer and more mm-hmm. relaxed in who they are and in their energy. Um, it's There's an intensity about them. They're kind of living a little bit on the edge and they're, they've got a, a wall up, but they're wanting to engage, but they're very, they've got a little fear of how well they're being received and they're really wanting to be validated and they're looking for that validation and so, so this, there's an intensity. This, this guy's just like super rigid. Is that the problem? Yes. It's super inflexible. Yes, so he also, I also told him to do yoga and there are a lot of other things mm. that I got him to do. Um, and I said, you'll hate yoga. You'll absolutely hate it. And I said, don't care. I don't care if you only do 30 seconds every morning and every night. I don't care. You will eventually love it and you're going to feel different. Yeah. Um, so bless him. I got a, a two-page typed report last night emailed to me. Hilarious. Of day one of what he had done, day two, day three, day four. I think it was four days that since I met with him, and he can't believe the difference. He's a different person. He is a different 
person. He has basically shaken up and chopped up stuck stagnant energy and sent it back around a whole different circuit. Well, so much so that he's now going to resign from his job. And I said, just get another one first before you resign. I'm happy for you to shut a door, but, you know, let's not go too radical after only four days. But he's just a different person. And he also wrote day one, kept trying to blink, it makes me smile. And it made him smile when he was blinking. So when he smiles, now I can't remember the celebrity he looked like when he smiled. Oh, he looks like Sting. You know that gorgeous 80s rocker from The Police? Yeah. You know, Beck's so young. Um, I know Sting. And I thought, oh, my God, now you would not have described this man. When I first actually met him two or three years ago, you wouldn't have described him at all as handsome. Mm. I've watched him slowly blossom. Like it's been, it's been the tortoise trip. And then after this, he's ready for the turbocharge. He looked hot. I couldn't believe it. It was an instant transformation. Now, I'm betting my bottom dollar that within three months he's going to be in a relationship with a gorgeous woman. Now, the point of this story is what, Jane? That you mix it all up. You mix your energy space up. You create a whole different experience. Everything is new. Everything is exciting. And I don't purport to be a feng shui expert, but I've had a very good friend who is a feng shui master, and it is a fascinating discipline or structure I don't know what the word is fascinating practice in in that you know you can literally manipulate your physical environments to better benefit energy flow you know so that it, it you create a more conducive space to live work eat love play sleep in for health harmony business you know success love and all of those things so there's kind of the macrocosm and the microcosm. There's the larger scale where you literally go through your entire house and garden and actually obviously put pots in certain places and hang stuff and colours and push around couches and, you know, that kind of thing. And then I think the microcosm is more almost what Jane's talking about with her client where she actually got him to work on his inner space a little bit because he was actually changing his patterning, the way that he's basically programmed to always by default habitually do exactly the same thing he's forcing himself to rethink okay my hand doesn't automatically reach for the apple i'm going to reach for a banana i'm going to yeah and that's and that's actually a deeper level neuro neurological well the other thing that was going on of course is that when he comes back to adelaide he gets depressed because he goes back he starts to travel his memories down the past okay and when he um is then wanting to engage with people he's actually projecting into the future and he becomes has anxiety becomes anxious so by doing this, it also kept him in the now moment rather than actually being either in the back or the forward yeah. or in the now. And so that worked really well for him as well. You know, on the declutter thing, though, you know, energy does get trapped. As we know, we can't create it or destroy it. We can change it. But it can get trapped. And so, you know, you've got that drawer that's always full of junk or you've got um, desks or, or uh, bench tops that are filled with clutter. Maybe it's a whole room, like it's that back kind of corner room that nobody uses that doesn't get a lot of light and you've thrown in the golf clubs and the gym equipment you never use and there's an office in there that you never use with a filing cabinet that you can't quite get open at tax time because there's too much in front of it you know these dead spaces that we can yeah and when we deal with it how good do we feel look everybody's cleaned out the tupperware drawer or whatever and yeah. you know you feel so much better it's after it's done it's so therapeutic <laughs> it is therapeutic isn't it but it's not just because oh i've ticked this to do thing off of my list that's been sitting there for six months yes that is a part of the feelings, uh, the feel good feelings that you get. It is also though that you've actually shifted dead energy. It's a feeling of actual uplifted harmony and, and a sense of order and peace and, and almost cleanliness. But I mean that in terms of 
a spatial thing, like a like a consciousness, like a clean light consciousness. And I find it really interesting, you know, with the people who they just don't kind of have their lives together. And this is the people who they kind of have lists that they kind of half-heartedly keep but don't really cross off or they sort of commit to things that they never show up for or they have ideas that they forget to follow up. Or, you know, It's all this kind of half-hearted, sloppy, messy stuff, right? And often those people are incredibly fatigued. You know, they're very – whether it's actual chronic fatigue or they feel bogged down, they feel emotionally overwhelmed, they don't feel like they can get out of bed in the morning. You can – you know that expression, if you want something done, give it to a busy person? Absolutely. If you're not doing anything, you can't even really begin anything. You've just not got the energy for yes. it. Yes, yes. So that's when you really do need to declutter. Mm. Absolutely. So start with your house. Absolutely. Now, here's wardrobe. the thing. Every day you take one garbage, one bag of garbage out. Mm. Now, I don't care whether it's garbage – whether it's recycling, whether it's um, stuff to donate to the charity or whether it's things you can sell. Every day is one bag yeah, out. Whole bag. Okay. Now, if you do that for 30 days, your home's going to feel amazing. A bit at a time. The next thing is no buying new until the old has gone out. Yep. Oh, I'm big on this. I'm and actually, I'm really naughty on that, look, actually, with my wardrobe. It's very hard as Westerners to actually abide by some of these rules. Like I, I set myself a rule like two years ago, which basically said nothing can come into my house but food or flowers. That was my kind of, you know, it was my it was my attempt to limit wanton consumerism, you know, right. made in Taiwan plastic crap that we buy because we want to feel good in a fit at the supermarket or to keep a child quiet or because someone's giving you something and you think, oh, I don't really need it, but it'd be a shame to throw it away and maybe I'll find a use for it sometime, take it home, put it in a cupboard, you know. Oh, you're not throwing that out, are you? People use those. I mean, I don't, but people use them. Maybe I should just have three of them, you know. <laughs> like, I know, I know. How often? Well, that other rule of... Um, if you haven't used it in a year, it goes. And now, I actually yeah. tend to say two years. I think that a year can be a bit harsh. But that also comes from a lack of abundance, mm. you know, of believing that, oh, if I get rid of it, I'll never have the money or the opportunity or to well, purchase that again, and you know. This is hoarding. Now we're getting into yeah. hoarding, you know, which is which can be obviously like the people you actually see on the television shows or it can just be in a much more subtle sense. People who, yeah, they really just can't part with things which are actually useless like really yeah. not even sentimental value but just some old plastic gadget that they've had for 15 years but oh we can't we wouldn't get rid of that i'm so pleased we're doing this podcast because i'm actually <laughs> looking around my house going, i so need to start and do this again i absolutely do it's one thing for me to tell my client to do it but i need to do it now so unless something is practical or beautiful you should not own it that's the yeah rule. that's true that is the that is the nice. number one rule that all interior decorators abide by is that unless it is just absolutely aesthetically beautiful and pleasing or you actually do something with it and regularly why have you even got it why you know and this brings me to the Buddhist law of unattachment every now and then i had this wild and crazy fantasy and i say wild and crazy because obviously i have a house two children rah rah you know but i have this fantasy of just imagine if i just had a white space to live in and I, all i'd probably have would be a potted orchid a futon and a toothbrush. Like, really? What do we need? Oh. What do we need? Do we really need stuff? And I need my laptop. Okay, fine. Pick three things. You know, this is the desert island game. Three things. The house is burning down. Three things. Let's boil it all down to priorities. Do we really need so much of the absolute junk that we have? Because junk, like Jane said right at the start of the show, it carries energy. It carries a lot of dead energy and a lot of stagnant energy. And we, we're in this sickness in Western society where we think we need bigger and bigger houses with more and more rooms, with more and more built-ins, more and more space, bigger garages, and then we need second houses, and it goes on and on and on. And what are we putting in all of these rooms and houses and stuff? just landfill just stuff which you know is maybe not the best thing for mother earth stuff that 
you know, probably 15 Indian families could come and live in my house quite comfortably. Like when I went to India and came back, I just thought, God, I live in paradise and I felt really ashamed. Well, I think it's always funny that our little tiny shack that we have actually fits into my games projector room. (laughs) (laughs) I know, the whole shack. And yet we'll go down there for three weeks at Christmas and live there completely fine, no problems at all, and then come back and actually walk in the door and go, oh, my God, the house is so big. It sounds like such a shallow Westerner thing to say, but any time you do ever watch those documentaries where people in country countries like Bangladesh or whatever live in the shanty towns they live in you know a, a cardboard hutch by the side of the road people people can live in very very bare minimum type circumstances now I know that that's probably not friendly or yeah the, I the think most, it's empowering though but, but it goes to show you that at the end of the day all you need in life is sometimes not even the shirt on your back like people are incredibly resilient and strong and resourceful when they have nothing and in fact I think we're often at our most powerful yes. when we're stripped back yes. bare and that's why sometimes I think from a spiritual point of view bankruptcies happen the houses burn down people lose everything you know because sometimes the universe says stop clean slate you're being too held back by your story your history your identity which is all wound up in our clutter it's it's our it's our mansion it's our wardrobe it's our hairdresser it's all of these things which are symbols and none of it is who you are i wish we were doing this podcast in your house instead of mine (laughs) my house is full of crap too (laughs) no it's not it's so pristine and perfect Yeah, because I, I'm just, I mean, I'm anal just because it's just part of my personality type. But I, I sort of have always had this natural rule, something comes in, something comes out. If I do have a little shopping flurry, which like wardrobe, which doesn't happen often, if I bring home a bag of clothes, every single item I take, I, I, I put a, on a hanger, something has to come off and go straight to goodwill. That's such a good rule. And so if it's, it's coming in, rule. something's got to come out. You know, the other rule I, I heard for, uh, for wardrobes is that you hang all of your clothes up back to front, like that the coat hangers... Yes. Face like the hook coming towards you instead of away so from you. So they're harder to take off. Right? So they're harder to take off. When you wear something, you put it back the opposite oh, way. I love this. And then what you've not worn in 12 months gets thrown. That is on the door. Are you? That is All right, well, you have to report That's in like next podcast. Experiment. That's really fascinating. Yeah, it's clever, isn't it? Because that way you can't lie to yourself. No. Oh, but I'll, I still will fit into that or I do wear that sometimes. Oh, I've got size clothes going up and yeah. going back down again and back up and back and down again. And I want again. people to go through their fridges and their pantries. You will have spices in there from, you know, 1997. But I might need that with a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> turned into sawdust by now. <laughs> I mean, we just, and this, again, let's go back to the hoarding thing and, and the lack and the fear type stuff because, you know, a lot of us are programmed. Well, I think us, it's a waste. It is the, the sense wastage. of wastage. All of us are programmed by our parents. And where did our parents come from? You know, a lot of them came from that generation of depression era and war era. Yeah, My mother times. had ration cards. Yes. My grandparents absolutely were, you know, depression era, you know, My grandparents away. were, you know, they migrated as potato farmers. All and of that. Growing your own veggies, like not as a novelty thing as we do now because we're also hip and green, but to actually survive, to feed your family, yeah. grow your own potatoes, work three jobs to put yourself through university if that's what you wanted. Yeah. all of that kind of thing and you know that kind of programming it actually does it, obviously it goes through the generations so that many of us are living in this really weird kind of gray liminal area at the moment where we come from this really frugal old-fashioned programming which we've rejected because we've got plastic and credit cards and all of this 
free and easy ride where everyone's holding out their hand saying, just grab my hand, it'll all be okay. Come with me and I'll just give you all the money or credit or interest, or, um, sorry, loans that you want. So, you know, you, you can have whatever you want and, and ask for more and want more. It's healthy to want, want, want. It's good for the economy. Drive it, drive it, build it, build it. But we've, we've thrown out all of the beautiful values of our grandparents who reused things. Like they were the original recyclers, you know, they were the people who did fix something if it broke. They didn't just chuck it away and go get a new made in Taiwan yes. to replace it, you know, that kind of thing. They Which had just to, on that, they used to fix relationships too. <laughs> and because they would marry for life. And so everything had a different value attributed to it, which these days we just are obviously in such a fast-paced consumer world. We can't hate ourselves for that, but I'd like people to be more mindful and I'd like people to be more conscious in the way they consume and the way that they fill their spaces. So let's talk about making beautiful space. Well, that was actually, I was going to say next is that, you know, if you're looking around your home now and you're feeling quite overwhelmed, that is not what we want for you. We don't want you to feel like, oh my God, look at this, because you're going to feel the energy and you're going to get heavier and heavier. What you do is you just start with one little tiny space. Find a corner, find a little space. If you're lucky enough, you might have a room that you can use and you just start with this, creating your space. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about my pink room and I do love my pink room. I haven't had much time to spend in it lately, so that has to change. Tell us about your pink room. Jane. Okay, so my pink room is, I have like my rooms are all different colours. They're different chakra colours and a bit of fun. Um, the pink room is the quiet room. So it was originally the formal lounge dining. Um, we turned it into a room. Look, it does have a TV in there, but it's pretty rare it gets used. Occasionally it would. But the idea of this room is it's filled with all the things that I think are pretty that have got, you know, there's crystals in there. I've got my Buddha. I've got my, my cross that we talked about in, in, um, another podcast. Um, I have my beautiful oils I burn. I've got some gorgeous lighting in there. There's some artwork that I, that pleases me. And it's a place that we go to be quiet. It's a place that we go to, to contemplate. Or if we're really upset, it's a place that we go to heal. So it's also got my massage table, my Reiki table and all that there. But, um, it's just, and it's the one area that I just don't allow clutter or mess in there. Like if the children do do, a night where they're in there watching a movie and they've left, you know, plates and cups and things. I actually get really quite off at them because it is the one area I want to walk into the area. That's it. It's my little it's temple. A temple. Yeah, that's it's my right. temple. And I want people to get really, um, like take into ownership this idea of charging your spaces. You know, we might just be talking about a corner of a, an, of a desk at your work that's in a partition in a cubicle. And that's all you've been allotted. Charge the space. That's fantastic. Talk about how to do that. Cause I actually do this with our dinners for our members as well as our events. Mm. Did you not know that I charge them? And what, I, yeah, I go into, do? I go into, I have a ceremony. I set an intent. I call upon the team that I work with from upstairs management. And, um, and I basically, I actually walk around the room channeling the energy and I just push the energy right round to every corner, everywhere through the room. And I'm sure that some of these venue owners just think I'm weird and wacky and I really couldn't care less. Um, with the dinners where I don't go to the dinner, but I plan the dinners of who they're going to go to. So I just set the intent and charge that up for the dinner to be for everybody's highest good. Like a, to long, have, a long distance healing sort of an yeah, idea. Same, same concept. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Project the energy. We do the same yeah. for the teen workshops when we go into schools before the, all the girls or the boys come in. 
we stand together and we charge the space and, you know, ask for it to be exactly. It, 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 yeah. It's got to be for everybody to connect for their highest good. Holds a certain power. Yeah. So, you know, when I used to work for, oh, big media hungry corporate dinosaur, you know, companies, um, when I used to have my, you know, it was always a horrible, like, grey coloured debt. Everything was Cubicle. plastic. There were phones, yeah, cubicles, <laughs> phones, and everything's buzzing radiation, fluorescent lighting coming down on you from above, no window anywhere near, yucky carpet, you know, everything's synthetic. And so I. The toxic boss sitting next to you. Yeah, well, that was exactly. Well, I had a crystal blue tack under the desk to ward her off. My friend used to hide sage up above her doorway so that, you know, <laughs> just blue tack it on. The witches are in residence. We did. It was, and in fact, a wonderful Stacey DeMarco wrote a book a long time ago called The oh, Witch in the Wardroom. Brilliant book. And that might be a good reference for this. If you want to charge up your workspace with, with ritual and spirituality and energy like we're talking about, she has it covered in that book, The Witch in the Wardroom. So I used to, I'd go in and I'd take my little, um, you know, herbal spray bottle, and I and I clean every, you know, all of that horrible building dust. So, just what do you use for your herbal spray? What do you use? I use um, eucalyptus and or tea tree oil, um, white vinegar, and water. Beautiful. Do you want to give proportions so that people can do it? Don't right. know. Twenty drops of essential oil and. Um, I don't know, third, a third of the bottle of vinegar and, or, or half of a bit of vinegar. And, oh, you can use apple cider vinegar, lots of things. It's very, yeah, that's all you need to clean a house with. You don't, or buy carb soda and lemon juice. You don't need anything else and, you know, to reduce all the chemicals in our lives. So I would clean the phone handle, yuck all the keys that people's yucky fingers have been touching, clean the cords, clean everything out, and then clear absolutely everything off the entire desk. You can, you can only have one in tray or one place. Everything's got to be orderly. And then you bring in the things that are you. So Create a mood wall. Have a little pin board. Stick, you know, colours, feathers, ribbons, beautiful pieces that obviously inspire you. Uplifting words. You know, have your little vision board there. Um, if Oak Health and Safety isn't going to have a heart attack, light an oil on your desk, you know. Light a candle on your desk. Um, have little crystal sprays like Elixir's Sacred Space Clearing Sprays that you can mist over everyone's heads when it's a bit of a toxic Friday after a Monday morning or whatever it is, um, deadline. Um yeah, I used to I used to bring in crystals. You can put citrine next to your computer, which kind of sucks up the radiation and, and helps to sort of disarm it a little bit. Um, I used to put little uh, bamboo, um, like in, in in vases on my desk. I'd go to Chinatown and buy little bamboos that can kind of live in any environment. You don't really need to water them or do anything with them. They just grow and live and look gorgeous and pretty. And so yeah, all that kind of stuff to to just create a beautiful intention and sacred lightness. And that is obviously a tiny example. <laughs> just a because I'm imagining. You can imagine. I'm imagining yeah, the, the, the guy next to me, you know, the corporate journalists that are walking past going, oh, that's that weirdo there. Look at her. Well, no, they did. And that's why did I left that industry. By putting a little voodoo doll on the desk, like, look out, you'll be the that's one. That I'm... And they're all coming to me in their lunch breaks asking sneaky psychic questions, yeah, weren't I they? I bet. I bet. <laughs> you know, people keep emergency spiritual kits in the glove boxes of their cars, you know. If you need, again, a sacred space spray or a crystal or a ribbon or a candle or a box of matches or anything that you might need to just have a little moment of space clearing. And thankfully, you know, with Feng Shui and particularly, you know, the Chinese beautiful symbolisms of all the different little quirky things you can buy, this is now mainstream. So you don't have to feel too weird and out just there. Just have a fun morning in Chinatown. It's everything you need. They've got everything, the, the reflective mirrors, the, yeah. the gods you can hang, the pentagon. I want to know what happened then. My reflective mirror actually just fell down and broke. Uh-uh. I know. <laughs> There might be another the episode. Of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see, everyone got sick, didn't they? Oh, no, this was ages ago. Oh. It broke, and I've just thought to ask. You had a snare. Everyone's been sick this week, though. You might need to replace that mirror, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so space clearing. 
what about um so if we come back to to our houses then and if if we meet resistance along the way well I don't have enough money well my partner would never let me touch that I can't throw that out he's picky about that or you know what can we do if we actually do feel hemmed in or limited what if our house isn't our own what if you're living with your mother at the moment or you know it's it's somebody else's space you just create a corner where you can put a beautiful chair gorgeous throw rug some nice soft lighting you know just create this little temple, this little zone that is your thing. And it's more about people recognizing that, you know, this is my space. This is my space. And they are welcome to come into it, but that there is a code of conduct. Mm. You know, I love that saying, be responsible for the energy that you bring into my space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is the rules. It is. Jane's got that on her toilet door. Um, some people also do a windowsill. So, and now this comes into my practice in pagan ritualism stuff, but one of the things which, um, I know a lot of pagans will do, um, and just general nature worshippers, anyone who worships the seasons and loves the, the coming and going of all the different moods of the year, and or anyone with young children might want to set up, I'm not going to call it an altar because that's a little bit too witchy, but it's basically like a seasonal produce table. The altars are beautiful. I mean, look at all the gorgeous Asian cultures. Okay, it's an Everywhere altar. you go, they're, they're absolutely symbolic. Absolutely. And you know I love my symbolism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's that idea that there's one space in the house, whether it's a little corner table or, you know, a windowsill or a ledge or a little table, and what it, it's a bit like a nature table, and this, this is why it's a beautiful thing to do with your children. But, I mean, I just do it for myself so it means that if it's autumn you know you're going to go outside you're going to find the nuts berries leaves you're going to bring them in if it's winter go and find some holly or evergreen or whatever's growing you know around your neighborhood at that time of year if it's summertime you might put some shells out you know you might just anything that denotes the season or the holidays so if it's valentine's day you might want to make a little love altar and worship you know the, the love gods as you know jane's friends cupid and zeus and aphrodite yep, who um, i hang out with venus <laughs> yes um if it's um halloween you know you might want to make a little uh you know nod to the witches and wizards um there's all these beautiful traditions throughout the year that we can actually inclusively bring into the household to to theme the house and to remind us that nothing is ever static. Things are always slowly and beautifully changing as the wheel of the year turns. And you know in Europe they have these beautiful traditions which we don't really have here and, and in North America as well where, you know, at a certain point on the calendar they will go and bring out heavier, richer rugs and throws and pillow coverings and things, you know, that they'll actually change the tonal colours of the house for the autumn and for winter. They'll hang, um, you know, lights on the house. They'll do the pumpkins. They'll change over their wardrobes. The spring wardrobe gets packed away. The winter coats will come out. The boots will go in the entryway, you know. And then likewise, come summer, all that gets packed away again. They bring out a lighter, fresher coverings and, and you know. And I just think that that's a really beautiful way. To me, that's a very, I think you could easily write it off as, it's materialistic, you know, expensive couture decor. But but I'm saying no it's, no, it's a conscious way of living. It's a beautiful spiritual nod to that there's a, there's a greater world outside yourself turning on its Rhythms and cycles. Rhythms and cycles. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, old witch Jane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another little thing that I would like to mention, which is so simple to change your energy in your space immediately, is music. Mm. And so you can download you can probably get them for free, but, you know, 99 cents for a beautiful piece of music on iTunes. If you Google wellness, you're going to come up with some really beautiful pieces. It's like, you know, when you go to the gorgeous healing centers or you go for a massage and it's that beautiful music that's playing in the background. It's often full of nature sounds or 
It can be uh, a little bit of world music even. Panpipes. Pan, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love panpipes. But that, if you put that on when you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or anxious, you just put that on. Mm. That is going to instantly just get your vibration. I was, you see, I would say lower. It's going to lower the anxiety. It's going to raise your vibration higher. It's actually just going to take the edge off and it's going to bring some peace. Bells and gongs. Like, you know, I've got one of those little Tibetan bowls and I've often used it if I've ever had a client at my house, which I don't do often because people do bring their energy in and be aware of that. Yes. This is what we're talking about. You might have a mother-in-law or somebody who comes in and sits on your couch, heavy energy, and it's almost like the walls soaking up. And even when she's left, that room still feels heavy. Mm-hmm. And with things like that, I go in and I clap like... Like I do, I'm yes. just scared James' dog. But, you know, I'll do really sharp clapping that you can take up. But that's really loud on the podcast, Beck. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. No. You can click your fingers as well. That's another yeah. one. Wooden, yep. wooden spoon in a pot, bang, 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 you know, get your bells and gongs out, ching, ching, chang, chang. You, know, you do all that sort of stuff to actually it's, – it's a pattern interrupt for the air. You know, if, if you've had um, a tiff in your relationship, go home before he gets home and fit the mattress and turn it around and beat it with a wooden spoon and knock all of that old energy out of it and change the energy you know, in the relationship through the bed. These are all old feng shui tips as well. Yeah, well, they're also tribal. I mean, every one of our ancestral Indigenous cultures all do this sort of stuff mm. all the time. You know, they'll be banging the sticks all the time and corroborates with the, the sticks and um, the beautiful uh, South American rainforest sticks, you know, which I actually have one here because I just love the sound. It's right. beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the sound, vibration is very, very important to and change things. burning sage, which everyone kind of knows about, even if they don't quite know what they're doing or what's it for. I always hear people say, yeah, yeah, just, just burn some sage. And I think it's amazing that such a – Quite. Smoke inside, you know, smoke inside though. Yeah, well, that's right. Sometimes though, I've heard stories of, I think even Mystic Medusa, the fabulous astrologer, tells stories about how the cops came around because the neighbours were like, they're smoking weed next door and she had to explain to the policeman, I'm a witch, I'm just burning sage. They all Actually, had- it would have been easier to explain I'm smoking dope <laughs> than say I'm a witch. No, she said they all had a good laugh about it. The cops thought it was hilarious and off they went, you know. So this idea that you can go to any health food store or new age metaphysical shop and you can buy a bunch of dried sage, grow it in your garden, hang it upside down and dry it if you want to be really witchy, and you burn it and you take it through. I mean, this is very Native American Indian, but also the Aboriginals will smoke green gum leaves and, you know, this, this practice, this idea of smoking out a space. It's When I was in Uluru, actually, they did a, uh, a welcome ceremony. We had the smoke ceremony mm. and it was it, it's fabulous. It's Some, very special. Sometimes there was, um, I just walk around with an incense stick, just a single incense stick and just bless it. Yeah. The rooms. But oh, what, bless. Nice. Yeah, and what you do is you just watch the smoke as it rises from the tip of the incense or from the sage. And if it, if it goes up very, very straight and clean and quick. You know, the space is clear if it's very heavy and it wafts around. And oh. That's how you know it's a dense energy that needs a bit more clearing. Mm. Oh, guess what I'm doing this afternoon? <laughs> we, we both learned something new in this podcast. Me from you, I'm going to do my coat hangers around the other way and you're going to go to the... Just yeah. because I suggest it doesn't mean I do it. <laughs> no, no, I need to walk my talk do a little bit say, more on this particular podcast. <laughs> I am looking around my house. But you know what? Thank you, Beck, because this has given me the motivation to actually go that next step and do a bit been more. So thank you. fun and it's, you know, we're a bit like the spring cleaning now because it is early summer, but it's never too late. So I suggest everybody go out and try and do one small thing this week to just lighten the load and lift the space. You are listening to Love Life with Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. You can follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show, one word. Have a fabulous week. See you you next time. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.